French received this information with a feeling of delight, which speedily changed to misgiving. At first sight, what could be more valuable to his quest than the discovery of some of the stolen notes? And yet when he considered that these had been passed in by an army man residing in Reading, the doubt immediately insinuated itself that here also might be a promising clue which would lead to nothing. Obviously, if this Colonel Fitzgeorge had indeed paid in the notes, it did not at all follow that he was the thief, or even that he had obtained them from the thief. Before they reached the bank in Reading, they might have passed through a dozen hands. But, be this as it might, French's procedure was at least clear. A visit to Colonel Fitzgeorge was undoubtedly his next step. He picked up a Bradshaw. Yes, there would be time to go that night. A train left Paddington at 8.10, which would bring him to Reading before nine o'clock. He ran down through the great building, and hailing a taxi was driven to the terminus. He caught the train with a minute to spare, and shortly before nine he was in conversation with the taxi driver outside the great western station in Reading. Yes, sir, the man assured him. I know the house. Ten minutes drive out along the Windsor Road. The night was dark, and French could not take minute stock of his surroundings, but he presently learned from the sound of his car's wheels that Oakland's was reached from the road by an appreciable drive coated with fine gravel, and the bulk of the house looming large above him as he stood before the porch indicated an owner well endowed with this world's goods. The impression was confirmed when, in answer to his inquiry, a venerable butler conducted him through a hall of imposing dimensions to a luxurious sitting-room. There the man left him, returning in a few minutes to say his master was in the library and would see Mr. French. Colonel Fitzgeorge was a tall, white-haired man with an erect carriage and excessively courteous manners. He bowed as French entered and indicated a deep leather-lined armchair drawn up opposite his own before the blazing fire of pine logs. "'A chilly evening, Inspector,' he said pleasantly. "'Won't you sit down?' French thanked him, and after apologising for the hour of his call, went on. "'My visit, sir, is in connection with certain banknotes which I am trying to trace. Some time ago there was a robbery in the city in which a number of Bank of England notes were stolen. The owner, fortunately, was able to find out their numbers from his bank. When the matter was reported to us, we naturally asked the banks generally to keep a lookout for them.' Nothing was heard of them until today, but this afternoon, just before closing time, two of them were paid into the Reading branch of the City of London Bank. The teller, though not certain, believed that you had paid them in. You can see, therefore, the object of my call. It is to ask you if you can possibly help me to trace the thief by telling me where you received the notes. There were two, both for £10, and the numbers were uh, A-stroke V173258W and N stroke L three eight six four two seven P. Colonel Fitzgeorge looked interested. I suddenly called at the bank this afternoon and lodged some money, he answered. It was mostly in the form of dividend warrants, but there were a few notes. Now, where did I get those? I should be able to tell you offhand, but I'm not at all sure that I can. Let me think, please. For some moments silence reigned in the luxuriously furnished room. French, always suspicious, surreptitiously watched his new acquaintance, but he had to admit he could discern none of the customary signs of guilt. But he reminded himself that you never knew. 
and determined that unless he was completely satisfied by the coming reply, he would make an investigation into Colonel Fitzgeorge's movements on the night of the murder. "'I believe,' said the Colonel suddenly, "'I know where I got those notes. I'm not by any means certain, but I think I can tell you. Unless I'm very much mistaken, it was from the manager of the Hotel Beau Séjour in Chamonix.' "'Chamonix?' French repeated in surprise. This was by no means what he had expected to hear. "'Yes, I've been for the last six weeks in Switzerland and Savoy, and two days ago, on last Tuesday afternoon, to be exact, I left Chamonix, and I caught the night train from Geneva, was in Paris next morning, and reached Charing Cross yesterday, Wednesday afternoon. Today I went through my correspondence, and after lunch took in my dividends and some spare cash to lodge in the bank.'